0: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is that still going, Rana? Can you flip that up uh, on the video? Just see it. Let's, let's just stand together for a minute, if we can. I'm just uh, wanting to um, capture the heart of what I'm speaking about this morning. Is in this song. It's a beautiful song. Just ask you now, Holy Spirit, to come. Holy Spirit come, Holy Spirit come. It's Pentecost Sunday we're celebrating, but it's the Holy Spirit we want to receive in our hearts by faith. That same faith that Jimmy Dowds talked about last week, that gift of faith from God. We're needing your gift of faith this morning to understand the possibility that the Holy Spirit can be poured out on us. Even now, oh God, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. We are your people. Are our God. We are your temple. Are your make temple. us holy
1: like you. Transform are. Us, We are your temple. Yes, O God. Yes, O
0: God. You set us apart.
1: Amazing.
0: God for your glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Make us holy like you. Thank you, are. Lord. Yes, O God. Oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this truth, for this vision to this home. Hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we're coming to you again. We're coming back to you again. We're seeking you again. We're seeking you afresh. We're seeking you anew. Believing for new things. Believing for a new season coming. A fresh revelation of your church and of who you are. And of who we are in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Encourage us. Build us up. Lift us up. Give us fresh vision. This gift of faith, O God. Open our eyes as Peter Hall spoke about to see things from your perspective. To understand what the church really is and who we really are in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats, thanks. Brianna. Just got first up. Oh wow, I'm excited to talk today. Got lots to talk about, uh, it's an exciting morning. i uh, love to, uh, to see you all and to be here. Great to have you online with us again today. And um, so I'm talking about um, the, the series we've been doing. Uh, I've got a great title this morning, Don't Be An Ugly Duckling. Anybody feel like an ugly duckling this morning? <laughs> Occasionally. Uh, <laughs> do feel like that. But uh, I'm continuing the theme that uh, I've been talking about since the beginning of the year, off and on, and uh, the theme. I believe the Holy Spirit is really um, flowing through us, flowing through the church and wanting to reveal to us this fresh thing. And just for those who have not caught it, I'm just going to remind the premise of this uh, series, of this talk, is uh, based on a nice TV program about buying your home or keeping your home. Love it or list it. The idea is if you've never seen the program there's a couple they live in a house one of them wants to stay in it one of them wants to buy one of them wants to invest in it one of them wants to get a new place and um if you love it they develop it get rid of all the change all the things to make it as good as it can be overcome all the problems freshen up makes it look amazing and they do that and then the other person's looking for a house with the help of phil and kirsty to see what could be better than where they are, and um, the analogy I'm trying to share is that for these three areas of our life, I'm encouraging you to love it, to invest in these things, to to hold on to them, and although there may be things you want to improve, let's do that. Let's build on where we're at in our relationship with God, in our relationship with church, and our relationship with the Bible. These three areas are worth investing in. And I want to discourage you from listing it, from thinking, ah, I need a new place. I've had enough of this. There's something better out there. But the talks I've been doing so far, I've been loving it, but I want to address, and its I feel a bit on thin ice here, risky territory. I want to address that there is reasons that you might have to list it, to say, ah, I'm just not happy, I want something new. This isn't working out for me. And um, if you've been here for any length of time, or if you've ever read your Bible starting at Genesis, you know that there is something more going on in the spiritual realms, in our minds and in our hearts, that if we're hoping for God, we're recognizing there's an enemy, the devil, and the forces of evil will come and give you and I arguments as to why church is a waste of time, that God, if He does exist, doesn't care, and if you read the Bible, you're an empty. You may not hear this too often in church spoken like this, but I want to address these things. These are real things, and I want to allow us to have the tools and equipment to recognize these arguments, to deal with them, and to overcome them uh, so that we can have confidence that we can move forward in love and in hope and in excitement that we're on the right track and that we're listening to the right voices. So that's what it's about. That's what we're doing. And, um, yeah, don't be an ugly duckling. So, next slide. I'll explain that to you as well. Everybody knows the story of the ugly duckling, don't they? The ugly duckling is born into a family of ducks, and he's... No, a duck, or he doesn't look like one. He's bigger, he's furrier, he's uglier, and nobody likes him. And if you know the nursery rhyme of the song, you'll know that all the birds said, get out, get out of town. He was rejected and thrown out and cast aside, and he was miserable, and he believed all the negative things that the others spoke about him. He thought he was ugly, he thought he didn't fit, he thought he didn't belong but little did he know, he had a destiny, he had a hope, he had an assurance because he was a swan and not a duck. That's the picture of church I'm trying to present this morning. These these guys I met, I'm taking early morning walks before work these days in their beautiful um, long days. And uh, these are down at Dulloch Park, nine little cygnets, two beautiful swans. It reminded me of this, and I've been meditating on this word, and I thought that there's something in here. This this sense that the church does go through, maybe in this phase, an ugly season. (laughs) And the analogy I'm making here is that um, we just need to see what the church is really called to be, the vision of church that God has and um it's 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 what we're going to do this morning so the addressing some of the realities that we know will come to us when we're thinking about church and um, certainly in my experience and throughout so looking back at history, society has viewed church with a lot of skepticism and there often is good reason to. The church doesn't often do itself favors. When we look at the church as an organization, as, a, as an entity, going back to the day of Pentecost. And then the, throughout church history, there's, they've had some low moments. And it was criticized and it can be rightly criticized. It, certainly when I was growing up, I, I went along to church reluctantly as a, a little kid and found it pretty boring, didn't see it relevant. Certainly, even as I've become a Christian, uh, talking to friends and getting to know people, no, there's not many who get excited when I say, I'm go- I've been at church on Sunday. They just maybe give me a side look going, oh yeah, one of them. Okay. Uh, and generally, church attendance is going down. It's losing its influence in society. Often, its society's its influence is seen as negative. And not just people outside of church, but, you know, hands up, you and I. Sunday morning comes. Sometimes you know, I'm just too busy. I'm too tired. It's just doesn't fit in with my life anymore. And, and we know, we know. I know people have left here and go elsewhere because they're disappointed, disillusioned. They don't like the worship. They don't like the preaching. God forbid. They don't like um, just stuff. It doesn't fit them. Doesn't suit them. And, and they choose something else. They list this one and go somewhere else. And often the list that one goes somewhere else and never really settle, which is, which is tragic, really. So we recognize that church ain't perfect. And whatever your story is, whatever your area of let me put it this way. What is that? There is an area of attack that the enemy will bring to your attention to say, just don't get too involved. Just take it easy, just yeah, okay, I don't really not quite sure if that's really who I am and what I'm all about, uh, you know I'm just gonna hold off and you know, maybe i'll not go this week, maybe I'll you know, and so that that that's a reality, and there's many I'm sure online and listening think you know uh, will identify with that and and i I don't want to condemn you for that, I want to point to you to say, look. This is part of the world we're in. This is part of the spiritual atmosphere we're in, that negative thoughts, negative arguments will arise, and there's sometimes very good reason for them, but we need to contend with them and fight with them and recognize there is another picture, a better picture, a holier picture. We, Whatever your reason is, I think it can be summarized like this. We have a low view of church. For whatever reason, we will... And the enemy will do this. He'll make sure if we've decided we want to be involved, we want to follow Jesus, it's not too much. And, 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 and we'll hold back. And um, the, the, the ugly duckling syndrome we can see in the church. But if you remember from last time, we recognized and identified and many familiar with it that we, that one of the great revelations is that church isn't the building. It isn't the organization. And the revelation that we looked at in the last talk was that it's you and me that are the church. The church is the people of God. It's a living organism. And if that is true, that's helpful to understand and helpful to see that um, it's the people and that we don't... Phrase thanks to encouraging me, uh, so that I think it's something godly is that we don't we don't go to church, really. We need to change our thinking. We are not really going to church. We become the church. We are the church. You are the church. We are the church as people. Wherever we go, whatever we do, it's not here that we're church, it's everywhere that we are church. And that revelation that starts to think, oh I'm not an ugly ducking, maybe there's something else going on, maybe there's destiny here. But It's also true that the Ugly Duckling Syndrome, because it's about people, will apply to you and I. (laughs) I ask the question again, how many of you feel like Ugly Ducklings (laughs) every so often? Just not sure if you fit in. You're rejected in different places for different reasons or you feel you are. Maybe don't feel you quite belong, just like the little Ugly Duckling did. And we hold back and we, we don't feel confident that we're really part of the the we don't feel confident that we go forward into church and and get more involved because well if you really knew what i was like they wouldn't let me in if they really understood what i was i know i'm i'm just got all these flaws and mistakes in me and i, I do these things and i have these bad attitudes and a and and this and that and then we feel like we're just too ugly to be accepted inside if they really, if we really knew. And, and I, I imagine at some point or other, to a lesser degree or a more greater degree, every one of us will face that argument, that thought, that doubt. And, and, and it's like, yep, you know, some of these things are based on truth, but the enemy will amplify it, turn it around, and make it a lie so that he will hold you back and make you want to list it, just to say, I, I need somewhere else that's better for me. And there isn't a place so ugly duckling syndrome for the church for ourselves is a challenge and it's a reality and then um, we we recognize that and then um, I've got an amazing vision an amazing picture of church and of who we are that is you're not going to be able to get, believe this you you will not this this is this is, this is too hard for anybody to understand without the gift of faith from God, without the Holy Spirit coming to give revelation. It's just impossible to understand the truth of what the church really is and who we really are in it. And I'm even going uh, I've, to, I've found this video from BibleProject.com who are going to do my teaching for me this morning for five minutes you're ready to roll this Rana this video is packed full of revelation about what the church is really about and who you and I are really about as well so let's look at this and look out as best you can there's a lot in here for the swan that the church is and that you are together
1: here we go thanks Rana The Bible introduces humanity as God's royal priests, ruling with God in Eden, a place full of life and abundance and God's blessing.
2: But humanity was deceived by evil and then exiled from Eden, and so humans forfeited their calling as the royal priesthood. But God promised
1: that one of their descendants
2: would be an even better priest, who will defeat evil and intervene on their behalf to restore the blessings of Eden. This descendant would be a royal priest like Melchizedek that Abraham met in Jerusalem, and also like Moses and the priestly figure he saw on Mount Sinai. This descendant will also be like David and the priest-king that David called my Lord in Psalm 110. And all of these figures lead us to Jesus, the ultimate royal priest who suffered and died for a failed humanity so that they could be restored to their original calling as royal priests. About a month after
1: the resurrection of Jesus, his disciples see him ascend into the skies.
2: Yeah, this was the fulfillment of Israel's hopes and of the story of Jesus. He was exalted into the heavenly temple of God's presence and installed there as the cosmic
1: royal priest. Now Jesus also told his followers to wait for God's presence to come and
2: guide them into the future. And so during Pentecost, a festival in Jerusalem, God's spirit comes down on them like they're each mini temples who are filled with God's presence. Many temples? Yeah, just like God took up residence in the tabernacle and later the temple, now God dwells among the followers of Jesus and their bodies are the temple. The apostle Peter, who was there that day, later put it this way, you all are living stones built up as a spiritual house You all are a royal priesthood. So they are altogether God's temple. And they're also the priests, reclaiming that lost calling that God gave humanity to represent him and to rule the world on his behalf. The spirit is restoring the life and blessing of Eden to the people of Jesus. But these people aren't priests. They're merchants and fishermen, soldiers and
1: slaves, tax collectors and the poor. They work in the world and not in temples.
2: And yet, they talked and behaved as if they were priests. They believed Jesus was the cosmic royal priest ruling all of heaven and earth as his temple and they saw themselves as an extension of Jesus here on earth, that is, the body of the Messiah. That's a beautiful image but what does it actually look like? Well, if you went to the temple in Jerusalem, you would hear the priestly choirs singing poetry that honored God and that told the story of his love. Music was a bridge between heaven and earth.
1: Also, the followers of Jesus started writing and singing new songs about Jesus as part of their priestly calling.
2: Right, priests also surrendered everything over to God through their sacrifices. And so, followers of Jesus started giving themselves their time and their money and energy to serve those in need. And they said, these are the sacrifices that bring pleasure to God. Priests
1: also intercede on behalf of others through blessings and prayers, advocating for the needs of everyone.
2: Yeah, this is why the Apostle Paul called on the Christians living in Rome to all together offer their bodies as one single living sacrifice a living sacrifice. Yeah, Jesus offered his life in the ultimate act of love. And so they too were to surrender themselves to each other and to those who needed their help. This is the royal priesthood, Jesus style. When people imitate Jesus, the royal priest, they become A new humanity, living in a way that reunites heaven and earth. Exactly. And now you can see how the whole Bible is one unified story about a royal priestly humanity that lost its way.
1: But then how God promised to raise up a priest who would give his life to restore us.
2: And then how the stories of Abraham and Moses and David all point forward to a promised priest king. And how this
1: all led to Jesus, our great high priest, who suffered on our behalf to restore
2: us to our calling. And so this is why, on the final pages of the Bible, there's a vision of a renewed and reunited heaven and earth with humans serving and ruling as God's royal priests forever.
0: Wow, brilliant. Thanks, Rana. So, gosh, there's a lot in that. We're going to be able to put that up and. Facebook and things, so have a look at it a few times, there's a lot in there. And there's also a really good um, uh, supporting um, teaching document uh, that that gives you more detail. If you want to get into it and understand it, there's a lot of depth in there. Um, But I hope you captured something of that. And just the next slide, Rana, I want to just pick on some of the things. What, Just maybe miss it slightly at the end, but the idea of this truth. that we are royal priests the scripture that they mentioned here as you come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by god and precious to him you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through Jesus Christ. This is the destiny of the ugly ducklings that we recognize that we are, that God is calling us to stand in the gap of the intersection of heaven and earth. That's, we missed the beginning a little bit, but the Garden of Eden was paradise, heaven and earth, God and man in one place. And that is what God is working to restore. And that that journey uh, needed Jesus to come as the great high priest. And then his church was birthed and born. And that ultimately Jesus will return to bring heaven and earth together in one place. And that's what the church is doing right now. Right here, right now, we're in the a gap between heaven and earth, just as it was in Eden, just as it was at the temple when the presence came down, uh, when it was in the tabernacle. When the then finally this amazing, incredible, unbelievable truth that we become the temple. The fire falls enough. The presence fills us. We carry Jesus. So the presence of God is in you and I. It's us. And we become the priest. We become the temple. That's what we are about. That's what the church is about. That's what the hope is. That's why we need to have a higher view of church and recognize that the flaws and the mistakes and, yes, the humanness of it is there. We're not going to deny it, but there is a greater calling, a higher vision, an amazing hope, an amazing blessing And that look what we are called to do, to stand in the gap between um to between um man and god himself what a call what a opportunity what a representation and then the 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 there's sort of three or four things that we can um pick up to see that we're encouraged to do and led to do like priests and i, I think a priest is too religious and we think of it as inter- incense and stuff but i love the idea from this video that actually Adam and Eve were priests, ministering, ruling, reigning. That's a great thought. I'm, I'm much more comfortable being a gardener than a holy man. <laughs> uh, I love I love that thought. I'm much more. Yeah, I I could I could I feel more comfortable with that idea of a priest. That that we're we're just building stuff and fixing stuff and growing stuff and weeding and all that and cultivating. And that's the call that we have. But within that and with all that, we're doing these things. We're called to lead people as priests. This is the role. So try and change the way we think about it. We just saw some priests up front this morning worshiping and leading us in worship. And the church and the priests are called to… This is, I love the way the, this, this is put. They gather up the praise of creation and direct it towards God. The Psalm 100 then makes sense. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth all the earth worship and praise comes not just from our mouths but from all of creation the trees shall clap their hands the rocks shall cry out in praise and we're leading and helping gather the praise of the people to god oh my goodness that's exciting i love the video talking new songs new hymns new psalms i love it i love it i love it and worship is so important to us as a church psalm 100 goes on to say enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise so we stand at the portal and we lead people to give thanks and to worship and we usher them in if you remember that into the presence of god that's what we are encouraged to do. That's what we're about. Hebrews 13, verses 15, 16 says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. And do not for do, forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. The sacrifices of the past, the the the, the animal sacrifices is gone forever. We're got new sacrifices of praise, of service, of, 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 of giving, of generosity. We are to represent God as priests. And what that means for you and I is that every single aspect of our lives is open to witness 24-7. We might not have enjoyed depth and heard, but we knew all about what was going on in their lives. What would it look like if we were on trial? But that's what we're called to be, that every single aspect of our lives. Ephesians 5 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, any kind of impurity or greed, because these things are improper for God's people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. They're out of praise, but rather bring thanksgiving. And we're battling that every day. But we're called to be priests. We're called to shed the old things, the, uh, the ugly things. We're called to be swans. And the beautiful thing is we can't help it. We can't help it. Jesus is inside of us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. Grace is all around us. Like it or not, you're a swan and you're coming, and it's, it's revealing, and you know, it's taking time, but that's where our destiny is. That's where our hope is. We're called to intercede as priests, to pray for people, to meet their needs, to call out on their behalf, to see that. God moves and answer to pray that Jesus even now is the, oh, they call it there's cosmic high priest is sitting, interceding for us continually at God's right hand. We're called to pray. We're called to worship. We're called to serve. We're called to live good lives as best we can. That shows an example of what God is really like. And we're called to be blessing. This is the heart of the promise of God to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you, I will curse. And then you will be blessed, all the families of the earth. That's what church is about. That's what you and I are about. That's what we're called to share, and that's what God is asking us to participate in as um, people of God, as royal priests. What an amazing, incredible vision, and it doesn't feel like it can be something that puffs us up to say, hey, now I'm the royal priest. Only that we can humble ourselves thinking, how can that be? How can God choose somebody like me to do that and stand there and be this person? Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. I cannot earn this. I cannot do this. But through your Holy Spirit, I say, yes, just do your will in my life. So it humbles us Oh my gosh, the size of the calling, the size of the hope that God has for you and for I is amazing. We are indeed not just ugly ducklings, not just sinners who are saved, but we're called to be royal high priests. Isn't that amazing? What a hope, Kate, it's you anybody named it can be you let's um, bring the band back up I'm just going to finish with this thought remember the joke about peter at the pearly gates i don't know any but i, I have heard it you know this image of you know when you die you're going to meet peter and he's going to make a choice and you're in or you're out Peter at the pearly gates. Anybody said any No jokes with Peter at the pearly gates? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, don't tell it. <laughs> Next time somebody suggested to you, just say this. There's no Peter standing at the door of heaven ushering you in when you die. It's me right here, right now has the opportunity to usher you into God's presence. Not when you die, right now, right here. This is what church, what the people of God are about, to be ushers of God's presence. Wherever Jesus' vision was that the church wouldn't be in a temple, true worshipers were worship in spirit and in truth. You take And you carry that everywhere we go, everywhere you go, it's your workplace, to your home, to your, your, to your, every interaction, we can have that opportunity to know that actually I can bring you into the presence of God right now. If I pray for you, if we worship together, if we talk together, if we decide together, believe we're, we appear at the pearly gates only much, 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 much better. It's right here, right now. Can you believe that? Eddie, can you believe it? That you're royal priests of a royal God. Through Jesus, He's made it possible for us. Through Jesus, He's restored to us that destiny, that possibility, that function, that role, because He's paid for all the ugliness in our lives. And has redeemed us let's stand together and worship this morning thank you jesus for your amazing truth and if you ever wonder how to pray what to pray what does it mean what should i be praying for for my friends my family as well you know it's this is a great one here paul writes in ephesians the best prayer i've ever heard he says in ephesians 3 for this reason and i'm going to pray this over you right now For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, encourage you now just to turn your thoughts to God, your heart to God, maybe your hands to God. Lord, forgive me, Lord, that I've wanted at times to list your church to list you to list the Bible to I've not seen it. Help me see it, Lord. I pray that out of his glorious riches, right now he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. this hope, this swan to be birthed in us, this Jesus to come and live with us so that we become the temple, we become the priests. And I pray, Paul goes on to say that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever oh hallelujah thank you Lord do your work O God come Holy Spirit fill us afresh with this new revelation, this greater revelation of who you are, who the church is, and who we are in you, and the the gifts that you've given us, the love. Lord, help us just take one more step forward to understand your love for us, and like the ugly duckling, recognize that actually we're swans in you, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.